Well, it's something that if you've lived in Gaston County for any length of time, you probably know a little bit about, fish camps. Today on Savvy Citizen, Janet Schaefer and Elizabeth Harry will be speaking with Jason Luker and Alex Brooks of the Gaston County Art and History Museum about the history of fish camps in Gaston County. They'll be digging into some secret recipes and some of the pioneers of fish camps in our area. We promise you're in for a little bit of a tasty treat. Welcome back. This is your, what, fourth time I don't, I don't on know. Savvy Citizen? Uh, yeah, I think so. So we're with, here with Jason and Alex from the museum. And we're going to talk about fish camps, which is, like, honestly a passion project for me. I've wanted to talk about <laughs> fish camps ever since Adam said we were doing a podcast. Oh, oh fish no. camps. I, I'll have you know, lately, fish camps have been all over Charlotte Agenda, or I think it's the name has changed now, but they're, like, getting more popular, not just locally, but regionally, and I would even say nationally. It's kind of, it's becoming kind of like the hot chicken thing of Nashville. It's like fish camps. Mm. <laughs> now, so, like, legit fish camps, or just people calling it fish camps, and it's like a Captain D's? I'm, I'm talking legit fish camp. So, oh. for example, my boyfriend, he's from Syracuse. He's like, you mean a fish fry? And I'm like, no, a fish camp. So, <laughs> let's talk about fish camps. Uh, okay. Why yes, they're so even called fish camps. We will, and we'll actually discuss fish fry as well. Okay, good. Actually. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, you know, if you're from here, it's, it's obviously it's fish camp. And, and there used to be a, a ton of different names for these things. And that's really, that was sort of to differentiate it a little bit from the actual fish camp where it got its name from. So I, I have to, um, before we get truly started, I have to give a huge shout out um, for the majority of the research of what we're going to talk about today was actually not done by myself. <laughs> um, so I have to give a shout out to uh, Kent Hester, who is one of our museum guides who did a fantastic job. This is a passion project for him as oh, well. Oh, awesome, awesome. Um, so he, he has been doing all this amazing research on fish camps and everything. So I, I totally hit him up for some stuff and then added my own as well. So. He must be from Gaston County. He, he most is. definitely is. Yes, yep. yes. <laughs> Yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, so fish camps, not something you necessarily want to be associated with in the beginning. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, so back in the 1800s is really when it really became a thing, late 1800s, um, is when it actually started to be known as a thing. And what it was was you would always have, you know, a bunch of guys would go out fishing, and, and they would just fry up, you know, build a campfire and fry up the fish while they were sitting there, you know, and, and what have you. But it became um, localized spots where you actually had usually sort of a, a little semi-permanent setup to actually fry your fish and everything at these specific fishing spots. And the guys would go out there, and of course they'd fish, and they would fry their food up, but they would also drink and get into fights and just this rabble-rousing, you know, that good old rousing time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it was, it, was, it was definitely, you know... Blue collar, more lower socioeconomic um, groups, and it was really considered very, very, you know, those were the degenerates of society. And because, yeah. you know, they a lot of times they would actually get drunk and just, you know, end up falling asleep out in the middle of the woods, <laughs> <laughs> and w they would camp. Camp, you know. okay. Um, and Again, so that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it going, this this could be plans for the weekend, but, you know. <laughs> All we need is a NASCAR race, and we're having, you know, we're done. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, so that's where, the I, that's where the name Fish Camp came from. More respectable people like to eat fish as well. Everybody likes fish. So when you would have a more respectable fish grouping of people coming to eat okay. eat your fried fish, they would actually call it a fish fry. Okay. So that's where the delineation came from. Okay. Um, and so as time went on and everything, 
these became a little bit more permanent. You know, people would build like these little wooden shacks where they would have, you know, a little awning, mm-hmm. outdoor awning or a screened in awning Ooh. if you're really fancy. For, for the fancy people. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, to, to get mosquitoes off and oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, be, they became a little bit more, a little bit more permanent, you know, other than just this really nicely built campfire site. And then people actually started to build up from there to where it actually became like a business, like Joe over here makes a really, really good catfish. And, you know, so we always get Joe to cook our fish for us type of thing. Gotcha. And so eventually, you know, people start bringing their fish to Joe and they start paying Joe to fry their catfish. And so Joe basically starts having this little sideline business and it just progressed from there. Now, the first one in Gaston County that we're aware of that was actually a legitimate business um, was actually the Crocker family. Pretty certain we know they were in operation by the 1920s. Pretty certain they had been in operation prior right. to that. Papa Papa Crocker um, was was what he was known by. He was actually a um, house detective in Charlotte for Hotel Charlotte. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he actually owned a couple of businesses in Charlotte. He was actually a legitimate businessman. Um, you yeah. know, so you can see how this has sort of progressed to where he saw a money making scheme and he he went for it. But he was actually he was over at, um, near the Seven Oaks Bridge down near Lake Wiley, and that was like the, that was the really, really big fishing spot for there. I mean, apparently that was just like the fishing spot, and you, you see multiple of these pop up all over the place, uh, all along the South Fork, all along the Catawba. Papa, uh, Papa Crocker apparently was just really, really good at cooking fish, and so he was the first one we know of that actually built an actual cabin, had actual tables outside, had um, sort of this uh, a lean-to with like sawdust on the floor, and everything, and and actually made a legitimate, quote unquote, a legitimate business out of this. Now, this is this is some serious shots fired you're doing right now. Oh yeah, because like the <laughs> lot. I mean, this is a big <laughs> argument to, to to say the Crockers are it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So right. I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not aware of like a Crockers that still exists or existed. So yeah, well, okay. So um, I can I can look it up here in just a second, but I can t- actually tell you what became what Crockers okay. became. Okay. okay. Um, so there there is actually another fish camp on Crocker on the original site no for way. Crockers. Whoa. Um, but uh, yeah, so so the Crockers were the first ones that that we are aware of currently. Let me back up just a second because I actually know where some of these shots are going to come from. Yeah you, yeah, you know where you're coming from. <laughs> so they were the first ones that we honestly know about that actually had a permanent location, and they were maintaining it as a business. As for one of the first ones that was actually, like, opened up as an actual business that was recognized as a business, you know, was actually on the roster, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the county legitimate as as, as business. Find um, it in the city directory kind yes. of a place. Exactly. That was Line Burgers. Yeah, okay. that's, that's the one that we normally <laughs> okay. hear. That's yes. the people I want to make sure. <laughs> Line Burgers. Yes. We now, understand. Yes. Line, Line Burgers opened in 1948 with uh, Luther and Stella Line Burger opening it up. They actually had built a home and I think three years later built their the fish camp literally like 50 feet away from the house. Okay, right. so not on a... River, not near a river, or it um, was. It's on New Hope Road, oh, South yeah. New Hope yeah. Road. It's pretty yeah. close to the river. Yeah, it's actually um, Amberjacks. Oh yeah, is actually okay. the original location for Lineburgers Fish okay. Fry. There's this know. fantastic picture at the um, Cramerton Historical Society. They, they're just now opening up a uh, a display area uh-huh. uh, for their collections. They have a beautiful picture of Lineburgers at its heyday. Really, yeah. and it's just this. You can see the old house, and then they have the the built 
you know, basically looks like almost like a mess hall to me. Uh-huh. And there's just cars everywhere. Yes, yes. And, and we were looking at the picture with them. It's like there are, there are like convertible Cadillacs and beat up pickup trucks and a cement dump truck all in the picture together, which shows the entire litany of uh-huh. people. Oh, yes. Everybody went to Lime Burgers uh-huh. for their, their catfish fix. Probably on uh, Sunday, too. Or wait, they might have yes. been closed on Sunday. Well, so, well, so actually, no, that's, point, huh? that's, that's the thing, actually. No, they, they weren't um, because predominantly Lime Burgers and, and a lot of these really early fish camps that came after, they actually catered more towards the textile mill workers. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with their hours, the only time that they're going to be able to go out and eat, really, is on the weekends. Uh-huh. You know, gather the family up and, and go on the weekends and everything because during the week you just don't have time. Yeah. So, yeah, Lineburgers actually was open on Sunday. Okay. Uh, from 4 to 10 was their hours, um, at least when they when they opened, when they were running at their, at their heyday. It was that was a four, weird set of hours. 4 to 10, and from what I understand, the line went out the door and wrapped around the building. I believe it. From 4 to 10. There, there was no downtime from the time they opened that door to the time they closed it. It was packed. But yeah, Line, Line Burgers is, is commonly known as, as the first one. It wasn't the actual first one. It was the first legitimate on the books, mm-hmm. find it in the city directory operating as far as that goes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first legitimate ones. Right. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I have a question. Do yes. you have any records of like recipes? recipes yeah actually i don't ah! <laughs> i don't dang it <laughs> uh, unfortunately um we do know whose recipe you'd want though oh okay good um, please it, share it, it's mrs smith so her name was actually um Vini smith i'm gonna say um her husband was named ralph we actually it's a good I, strong name yeah ralph <laughs> i know nothing about ralph i absolutely know but we no- all love him because he's ralph because <laughs> he's ralph um yeah we know nothing about ralph but Vini. Everyone knew her as Mr. Smith. That's all anyone ever knew her as mm-hmm. was Mr. Smith. So the Smiths did own their own fish camp, but apparently Mr. Smith went and worked at other fish camps throughout oh. her career as well. And Mr. Smith apparently was the cooker of fried fish. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you could get Mr. Smith working in your fish camp, you're golden. All you had to do was put an advertisement in the paper. She's nice. Like, Miss Smith is working here. Wow. And your business just boomed. Gosh, such a so wow. it was it was funny. We we actually could find very little actual information about Miss Smith or about Smith's fish camp. Hmm. As far as like anything that gave any details about them other than everybody wanted Mr. Smith and now Mr. Smith is now working here Mrs. you know featuring Mr. Smith's fried you know salt and pepper catfish but you never but, found it Mrs. Smith Mrs. Smith herself no actually do you think that it was a ploy it was all a ploy I don't I don't think so okay. um, because apparently she it is it was noted that she she was now working at these like um, Smith's fish camp shut down and she went and worked over here okay. and so people saw her there right? yes okay. they, they actually okay. saw her there but we did when we went on to uh, newspapers.com just you know to try and follow follow Mr. Smith the past of Mrs. Smith in a 10 year period there were almost 4000 hits from Mr. <laughs> Smith and her fish oh, oh my goodness <laughs> wow. in Gaston County oh my goodness what? Yeah. So somebody has that recipe. Somebody, somebody has that recipe, and I'm, and I'm here to tell you, whoever has Mrs. Vinnie Smith's fried fish recipe, please bring it to the museum. Um, I probably promise you it will go into collections. Yes. I, the staff will 
It also be used. Like it will be used. Yeah, it will definitely definitely use it as well. We'll, yeah. be, we'll try it out. Oh, one one interesting thing about uh, Papa Crocker. Going back to him real quick. Like I said, he he was a house detective. Uh, apparently, his um, fish camp actually was right there on the water because he actually was involved in a citizen's arrest. He actually caught someone for the police. <gasps> um, a gentleman had had um, led the police on a high-speed chase down the river, and <laughs> Papa Crocker... In the 1920s? <laughs> in the 1920s. And Guy can row. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, Papa Crocker actually hopped in his boat and caught the dude. In wow. a boat? <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of the Olympics. You like, saw the kayakers? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, like, like ran, ran out of his... Fi- I can only imagine him like, running out of the fish cave, <laughs> hopping in the boat, and going to catch the guy. That is fantastic. But, yeah, he actually caught him and like drug him back up on shore and tossed him in the fish camp until the police could get there and... <laughs> so much drama so much drama at the fish camps um but yeah so these these fish camps like i said they they gained in popularity and they started to get a little level of respectability and everything and the interesting thing with that is you saw the menus change a little bit you know as they started getting more popularity and everything you know obviously you had had your different you know you had your fried fish obviously and everything um but then you started getting like chicken and and all that heaven forbid the salad <laughs> um, you know, showing up at these things. Who eats the salad at a fish camp? I don't know. I do eat the slaw, though. Yeah, well, the slaw, say, the slaw is different, what yeah. What kind of salad? Is it potato salad? Is it egg salad? I think it's iceberg. Oh, <laughs> oh that's terrible. The yeah. ranch is probably good. The ranch is probably good. <laughs> but the other big thing that, that really set these different places apart, obviously other than their fish recipe, was their hush puppy recipe. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that, yeah. Yeah, hush puppies. Mm-hmm. Uh, hush, hush puppies are one of those things we'll fight over here in the South, I feel like. Oh, it's mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. <laughs> It is. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that we take so for granted because we all grew up with hush puppies. Uh-huh. And then I, it was my brother-in-law's wife uh, who was from the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. And we took her to her place and, you know, we brought out these things. She's like, is this like an accident? And they think, <laughs> so, it's a happy accident. <laughs> so my boyfriend uh, took him to a, a fish camp like a couple of weeks ago for the first time ever. He's from Syracuse, New York. Right. And, and he, he said, so... I didn't re- even think about like explaining it to him. He said, sure. "What is this?" And I was like, "What? What do you, what do you, mean? What do you mean?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I've had to explain what it is to so many people. Yeah. Hush puppies. It, it, hush puppies is one of these southern delicacies that that is. Uh, you know, we were talking about you know fish camps are spreading across the nation. Hush puppies is spreading and probably due to fish camps and barbecue and all that kind yeah. of jazz. I was actually in New York myself uh, about a week or so ago up in the Buffalo Rochester area, mm-hmm. and. Some friends of mine took me to a barbecue joint, and they were like, all right, Southern boy, you know, tell me how, how this is and everything. And I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, your barbecue's not bad and everything. And I'm like, Hush Puppies got to go, though. <laughs> the, the, nah. <laughs> you, lost a, you lost on the Hush Puppies. This isn't it. Most most people can agree on, you know, some people like them a little more sweet, some a little more onion, you know, what have you and everything. Everybody's got their preference. But for the most part, it's it's a pretty similar recipe. But the big thing, the big controversy with hush puppies, what I found is where they came from and how they got their name. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Have you ever heard? Well, I've heard one of the oldest ones that it's connected to the hush puppy actually goes back to the Civil War with uh, Confederate soldiers, and they would get a certain amount of cornmeal, and they would make a thing called slush, which is basically the fat back that they had. Grease in there, if they're able to have that back, they would soak it up with it and make a little ball on the end of their um, bayonet or what have you and cook it. That's what I've always heard. 
You guys ever heard? Uh, I've got a personal theory. Okay, but it's it. not scientific at all. Okay, so <laughs> I imagine that in the olden days, maybe you've got in a dog. Olden days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so maybe you've got a really loud dog, and you're like, "What can I possibly do to make this dog shut up?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, hush, hush I wouldn't. Puppy. I wouldn't share the hush puppies with a dog personally, but it would make them be quiet. I see, but I think it's the exact opposite. If you give a dog something to eat off your plate, it it doesn't shut up. It actually starts talking even more. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's my. That's been my personal experience, like the hush puppy kind of theory, because I've heard that as well. But if with my dog, it's like, oh, he's feeding me now, so. Apparently barking works, and, and they <laughs> continue to go on. Well, the yeah. only place I ever got hush or no, doggy bags was at a fish camp restaurant, and mm-hmm. the doggy bag you put the hush puppies in the, in the doggy, doggy bag. bag. <laughs> 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 All right, so well in the in the beginning, uh, doggy bag didn't exist, <laughs> so we'll we'll, we'll it was just bag. <laughs> sadly, we'll just nix that theory. The one you you told Jason is is actually probably the most. In- common um, common story that we hear. There is this really enduring an annoying <laughs> impulse that when you're writing about Southern food uh, or Southern history, really, in general, to connect everything back to the Civil War. Oh, yes. <laughs> everything started in it. You know, <laughs> prior Civil Wars is wow. aimless people. I mean, you know, not even discounting, you know, our, our wonderful native brethren, the indigenous peoples that were here. Right. Europeans have been here since the early 1600s. <laughs> we have and Africans have been here since the early 1600s. Yes, so. and we, we have had this wonderful food history prior to that. Um, so, no, it did not begin in the Civil War. <laughs> um, hush puppies have been around before then. Again, um, shots fired. You're just, you're just I am. shooting away. Uh, like these, any are Oakley. these are truths that we all need to hear. I am. <laughs> so there, there's really four big prevalent stories that, that come about about the hush puppy. One is the one you told yes. um, it, with, this, with the Civil War with soldiers. And I, I've heard the bayonet story as well. I've also heard them doing actually something sort of similar, feeding the dogs to, to shut them up because, you know, you heard, you heard the Yankees coming, you know. Because uh, all Yankees are loud. And it, you it, exactly. You know, um, shots fired again. While, you know, while we're telling stories that, that simply aren't true, we can also throw in, you know, your, your stereotypical, very offensive uh, slavery stories where it's, you know, the um, enslaved late women were cooking and, you know, had to scrimp together cornmeal and everything and, and would mix it with some eggs and, and milk and give it to the children to, to mm-hmm. just help fill their bellies. Pacify them or something. Yes, basically. Yeah. You know, because uh, apparently they had to scrimp on cornmeal but also had plenty of milk and eggs to spare. <laughs> right. <yes>. Um, <laughs> But uh, some of the more interesting, too, that are actually pretty, fairly popular, I found out. But um, one is uh, French nuns, some uh, Ursuline nuns uh, from the 1700s coming up from New Orleans and had traded cornmeal with um, the Native Americans mm. and had made uh, croque de mai, uh, which is basically cornbread, um, and had basically cooked them up and made these little hand, hand-padded balls from those. And the other is uh, mud puppies. Um, once again, we go back to, to Louisiana when, uh, because apparently, you know, we Cajuns will eat anything. Basically, Cajuns were frying up mud puppies and cornmeal and eating them, but that was considered very low on the social standards, so you kept hush about it. Oh. Um, that one I have to debunk as well because mud puppies, actually not that common in Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one type, one species of mud puppy found in Louisiana, and it's actually pretty rare. Um, so, yeah, no. So, here is the true story of the hush puppy. 
Okay. And we actually have names involved here. Oh, I'm excited. Yes, yes. So there was a gentleman by the name of Romeo uh, Govan, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He was called Romy. So Romy was a black gentleman who was born in slavery around 1845 All right. down in South Carolina. And down near uh, the Edisto River, uh, near uh, Bamberg, I believe it was, um, near uh, Cannons Bridge in that area. And, of course, you know, after the Civil War was set free, had, had managed apparently to earn a little bit of money running a fish camp. This is 1845, so fish camp's been around for a okay. while. Wow, okay. Um, and apparently Romeo was considered a excellent chef. He, he made enough money off of tips and everything frying up different people's fish to buy his own house and buy quite a bit of acreage um, right there near Cannons Bridge and established his own fish camp. And this is, this is what he did, and he, would, he, would operate a cl- he operated a clubhouse is what they called it there. And he would actually have um, like big social events, big civic events, big charity events there for both the black and white communities. Apparently it was, it was quite popular with the very prominent white community to go and have a charity event at Romeo's clubhouse. Um, and he would, he would fry up his fish and, and everything. And he became really, really well known for his red horse bread. Red horse bread is a hush puppy. It, that, is, that is the earliest known, what we call a hush puppy. Okay. okay. And that red horse actually has nothing to do with horses, nor is it red, obviously. A red horse is a fish. It's a very, very common fish in southeastern United States. Okay. Um, it's a very good eating fish, and it was probably one of the, it, at one time, was probably one of the most popular fish being caught and breaded and eaten, not catfish, actually. They're not extraordinarily difficult to catch, but they, they put up good sport, so fishermen like to go after them. And they actually pack on a good bit of meat. They can get fairly, not as big as a catfish, which, you know, would put you or I to shame occasionally, but... Yeah, a, a red horse actually will get fairly decent eating size. So this bread that you had was actually called red horse bread because it's the bread you took the extra cornmeal from making your from dredging your fish and dropped it in with the fish to make your red horse bread. Mm. So that's that is the original hush puppy is red horse bread. So that is is where it got started from, and he was he was talked about all the way in Atlanta. Um, all the way from South Carolina, he made it a paper in, in Atlanta where they they called him a famous cook of the old regime, you know. But it, it, yeah. a famous cook <laughs> of the old regime. I know <laughs> we just don't talk about things like we used to. We it, really it just, don't, and, and it's sort of a backhanded compliment, it, really. It, I guess it, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know, um, but reporters would come from all over the country to eat Romy's red horse bread. So that's where we get the the actual creation that we know of. More than likely, somebody else was had. I don't know that Romy actually came up with it, but he's the one where we first see it in print of someone actually making this. Apparently, red horse bread was a fairly common thing. Okay. But he, he is the one that sort of solidified the recipe. Now, where it spread, really, though, was with the Boy Scouts. Boy uh, Scouts. Yes. Really? Really. So someone came up, um, someone with the Boy Scout organization, uh, you know, they, of course— would put out all these um, publications every year and everything. And the leaders, a lot of times, would, would go out and do these grand wilderness adventures and, and what have you, and they would publish them. Mm. And, you know, in the, in the Boy Scouting magazine or, or publication, what have you, and, and, and talk about it. So someone from the Boy Scout organization came to Edisto to go fishing. 
and, you know, did this wilderness adventure at Edisto type of thing. And they went and visited Romy's fish camp, had his red horse bread, and they published the recipe in the Boy Scout newsletter. It's over that, at that point. At that point, it, it, the Hush Puppy go, now goes nationwide, and you have cookbooks popping up the very next year, all containing these Hush Puppy recipes. So is it more like less Hush Puppy, more Hush Boy Scout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, basically. So, okay, so the, the name. Yes. The name. Um, name actually comes from around early 1700s. 1700s? Wait, so, we're going beyond, we're going way back. We're going way back. Yeah, so Hush Puppy was actually, that was actually sort of a thing to, to cover something up. When you had somebody smuggling something, typically when you had like uh, the crooked uh, British officials, you know, board a ship and where they're looking for contraband items and everything, you would, you would take them up to the captain's cabin for a game of Hush Puppy and sit and listen to some music and drink and everything before they would inspect the ship because you were being hospitable. Oh. This also gave the crew time to get rid of the contraband. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it became, you know, you, but you would say, you know, we're going up to the captain's cabin to play some Hush Puppy. Okay. And so it became this synonym for covering something up. It actually went on to another food item first. It actually went on to gravy, really bad gravy. <laughs> not, not the good gravy. Not the good one. The, the really bad gravy that you were using to cover up something that was also really bad. Typically in wartime, specifically the, uh, the Revolutionary War, um, you, you would hear about, yeah, they were, they were sopping up, you know, moldy bread in their, in their hush puppy and everything, but that was the gravy that they were using. And so the idea came from basically you, you were covering up things and you were using up things. And so it just sort of progressed in language to you were use, not just covering up things, you were using up things. So oh. using up, you were using up the additional cornmeal that you had left over from the catfish. It became a hush puppy. So That's fascinating. Yeah. That's mm. fascinating. <laughs> so, so have we, we landed on the hush puppy, the name? It has not gone any further. It has that. not okay. gone any further. I mean, you know, you'll hear like, you know, corn dodgers and all that kind oh, of stuff. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's something from Illinois. So we don't exactly. accept that. Quiet, quiet kitties. That's what I Quiet yeah. kitties. <laughs> <laughs> quiet kitties. There you I go. Like I like it. But yeah, so, um, so, so hush puppies became a mainstay with the fish fries as well because they, it was just a common thing. You just, you cooked it in the, in the grease with the fish. Um, and that was part of the flavoring. But yeah, so back to, back to fish camps here in Gaston County. We'll, we'll leave South Carolina and, and Louisiana alone a little bit. We had a ton of them. Other places did as well. You know, Lincoln County did, Mecklenburg County did. Any place that had viable fishing spots in the South had. So why did they all start to disappear? I mean, you, you, it's not like you don't go down the river now and just see camps. Um, well, you know, for, for a long time, they, they boomed. Um, South New Hope Road was actually known as Fish Camp Row. Oh, wow. There, there was so many fish camps. I mean, it's why we had the fish camp, uh, the catfish, fish camp jam. I'll fish camp jam. Yeah, I'll get the words out here in a second. Um, yeah, fish camp jam um, started in 86. Um, you know, is a huge one-day festival um, here in the area. And it's actually coming back. It is? This year. It's like uh, with boys to men and everything? I don't think boys to oh, men are coming okay. back. Well, that was <laughs> Okay, they came in their prime to Fish they did. Camp Jam, right? They did. Yes, they did. It was, we it could was get huge. Them then. And that was yeah. the last one, wasn't it? It the, was. The one with the boys to men and, it, and yes. things got a little got sideways. A little yeah. Because it was boys to men. Yes. Um, it was so, yeah. Gassy County wasn't ready. Fish we camp, weren't ready. So we were fish, not camp, ready. fish Camp Jam was actually listed on the governor's list of one of North Carolina's most unique traditions and experiences. No way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it, was, it was a big deal. I mean, it was a really big deal. Fish Camp Jam was actually huge. I think that may be why I think that 
fish camps were, you know, a part, like grew up in Gaston County, I guess. Or I mean, you know, we, we do have good fishing. I mean, we, we yeah. really do. I mean, we, we have excellent fishing spots. Um, we have have two rivers that run through us. We have multiple lakes, multiple streams that you and can Merit fish of in. Creeks. Merit of Creeks. I mean, you know, we, we have a lot of water in this county. So even though it started in Edisto with yeah. Romy, Romeo. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. We, we can um, take some credit. We, we, we can take okay. some credit. We, 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 have, we have game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have fish camp game. Um, but yeah, so, so hopefully, you know, d- depending on how things go. Will yeah. there be... Uh, catfish races. We got to explain what catfish racing is to the, <laughs> the newcomers to our fair fair area. Okay, no no catfish are harmed in catfish racing. Okay, <laughs> they stay in the water. Um, yeah, it, it's basically, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, basically a big shoot. It's like multiple shoots lined up. Catfish are, are sort of funneled into them and lined up, and then you know you bet you bet on which catfish is going to go the fastest, and they swim down the down the chute. Now, Jenny, have you did you ever see this? In action? Um, no, I was too little, but oh. um, yeah, no, I think about it all the time. This wanna, <laughs> I'm training one right now. I really want. You're that. training one. <laughs> That's fantastic. I want this back so bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I if we get it back, you're going to be in a catfish. Suit. Oh no, no doubt. I'm going to be the mascot <laughs> for the catfish racing. Yes. I'm 100 percent behind it. I might um, even paint a little number three on the side of my. <laughs> I am sure that once again, some more people may cause <laughs> due to animal have cruelty nothing to say that. <laughs> that we're actually playing with the food in which we want to eat. Uh-huh. But I'm sorry, it sounds wonderful, and I really want to participate. I agree. Why did it disappear? So, yeah, like I said, there, there was a ton of um, fish camps in, in our area. And they ranged from, you know, really, really nice family places. I mean, you know, like Weinberger's. You know, had a, had a great reputation of a place you could actually take the family, you know, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it was so popular. It's Not like the fish camps of old where you could get shot. Um, <laughs> you could get shot. And, I mean, you know, we, you know, there were some, I mean, we had um, Hans Fish Camp. They tried. You know, they, they said there was, there was no beer and no roughness and families were invited. They also advertised it as the cleanest place on the river. So no fun. Uh, well, oh. it also had a B rating. So, you oh. know, that whole cleanest place on the river, it, it actually blew up. It blew oh. up. Yeah. Oh. Gas, How did it blow up? A gas leak. Oh, oh that would do it. Yeah, yeah. Gas leak. It exploded. The entire building okay, exploded. I'm sorry for what I said about them not being fun. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, they actually, they, you know, I, I tease about the, the sanitation parade, but um, apparently they actually did go out of their way to try and attract families. That was actually a big thing, was trying to attract families to come and not be known as like one of the rough housing things. Mm-hmm. They would actually get kitty rides and everything, oh. like out in the parking lot. And, like, actually try to make it for the families and stuff. But, yeah, the, the big thing, I think, for the downfall of the fish camps, uh, one, oversaturation. I mean, we just had so many, you know. Yeah. But also uh, health. You see the fish camp menus change over time. And it starts to get where people are wanting less fried food. Fried, you know. People didn't want deep fried fish, huh? Right. They, That's you know. Well, to be um, fair, they don't have to give you, like, Pounds That's and pounds. Of yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they really they do. do. <laughs> they really do. If if I do not, if I order popcorn shrimp, 
And do not get my body weight in it yeah. on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am not at a proper fish yeah, camp. I feel you there. What is um, what is that fish camp that's right there? It's close. It's close to Dallas, right on the South Fork. I, I, the Riverside. Riverside. That's, that's my oh, yeah. I love Riverside. Me too. Yes. I just had this conversation with our attorney earlier. I'm a Riverside gal. I'm, I'm all in. I, well, that's the thing. Everybody's got their favorites. So there's still a good many of them still around. Oh, there, yeah. there's yeah. actually a ton still around. You, um, you, I guess it's underappreciated, really, that how many of them are still with us. Well, you know, I think it's. I mean, you know. It, yeah, and and I mean this is not even counting ones that aren't on the river, like shrimp boat, mm-hmm. which is you know right just right oh, down yeah. the street here and everything. They've been here for over forty years. Oh yeah, you know not anywhere near the water, but still. And the weird thing about shrimp, to, I don't know about y'all, but the shrimp, shrimp boat to me is the chicken. Like, oh yeah, I yeah, prefer the chicken. The chicken of shrimp boat is outstanding. <laughs> Their chicken yeah. is un, unreal. Yeah, and I, you know I think they were actually one of the very few that actually started with. It didn't start as a chicken restaurant. They started as a fish fry and chicken. Mm. Like they chicken okay. was right always there with yeah. it. Yeah. What was that in the nineteen thirties? Was it? Um, was thirteen. About about forty years old. So yep. I mean, yeah. Now you got I, Twin Tops. Twin Tops is newer though, right? Is it? Twin Tops. I actually do have Twin Tops on here. Uh, yeah, they started in '67. Uh, Benny Smith opened it up. Another oh. Smith. Twin Tops is actually pretty cool because it's actually been operated by the same family. Um, which not all of these have, right. you know, some of them like, like Long Creek, I think was continued operated by the same family and Twin Tops was another that was continued operated by the same family. It was like any other business. I mean, they'd, they'd buy each other out and, mm-hmm. you know, run each the, other out of business. <laughs> I mean, you know, the just great competition things. of the fish camps. <laughs> it's exactly. a cutthroat business. That it, it, was, it was, it so, was. Well, so yeah, so there's, um, you know, there's, like I said, there's still quite a few fish camps, um, in the area and a lot of them have had actually been around for quite a long time. So. Um, Elizabeth, have you ever been to a fish camp? Uh, I'm being exposed right now. Okay. I'm, I, I'm I think we need to rectify this. <laughs> I'm new, and yeah. I've never even heard of a fish camp, honestly, until we hit record. And yeah, I learned that this episode is about fish camps. <laughs> we need to add that into the Gas and County Employee Orientation. Everybody goes to Shrimp Boat for lunch. I mean, it just makes gotta, sense. Gotta yeah, got yeah, to gotta go yeah. to Shrimp Boat. Got to go to, you know, Tony's Ice Cream. I will say my favorite thing about fish camps is dipping the like soft French fries into tartar sauce. Yes. Uh, to me, a good fish camp oh, has to have a top-notch tartar sauce. Yeah. Really? Okay. See, I don't like tartar sauce. I love. It. Well, it's got to be good. You hadn't had good tartar sauce then. Yeah. Uh, cocktail. God, I crave, I crave uh, cocktail sauce too. Yeah. God, Dip your hush puppies good. in it. Horseradish sauce is there to cover up the taste of. Cold rubbery shrimp. That is the only thing it does. You're going to the wrong fish camp if you're getting cold rubbery shrimp. Well, and I don't go back to that one because that's what they're serving. Because it's awful. Okay. Can we go on a hunt to find the perfect uh, shrimp, the perfect cocktail sauce, the per- perfect... Uh, perfect flounder. Perfect yeah. catfish as well. Perch. Perch. I, I feel like you uh, have to have a really good perch. You have to have a good perch. What about... They call it green shrimp. Why is it called green shrimp? So that's actually a different type of shrimp that is actually farmed off the coast of North Carolina. Oh. That's actually... Um, so if you go into the grocery stores nowadays, mo- most of the um, the fish that you find and most of the shrimp and everything is actually not cut caught off North Carolina anymore. It's actually from overseas. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, for the most part, farmed. North Carolina green shrimp is actually like world famous. Like we, most of our green shrimp, if I'm not mistaken, is actually imported into Europe for like really nice fancy restaurants. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's it's it is considered some of the world's best eating shrimp. Wow. Um, so, so we're getting fancy when we. Yeah. Have so oh. if if you actually go to a fish camp and they are and they actually say they have green shrimp, uh-huh. 
that's good shrimp from North Carolina. That is that. Is, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some thumbs up over here. Yeah, green shrimp is actually from that's from the Carolina coastline. It's, it's Atlantic caught shrimp, and it's it's right off of our coast. Um, but yeah, that's a that will be your fresher shrimp yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's coming from our our ocean just right next door. Um, but yeah, it's actually it would actually be North Carolinian shrimp. So the fish camp jam doesn't doesn't work out. We'll do green shrimp. There you go. Party. Cream ship. Shrimp a palooza. Shrimp a palooza. That's actually what this is called today. We're doing, we do pot of paloozas where we just schedule several in a, in a day. In, so in a day. So yeah. a I was going to welcome you to a pot of palooza yeah. earlier, but. Oh, fish a palooza. Fish a palooza. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. I learned a lot. I really did learn a lot. I'm hungry. I'm really I know. hungry. I sort of say, I, I should have, we should have eaten at a fish camp. We should <laughs> have. That well, we're going to know. There you go. All right, cool. Thanks. All right. Thank you.